I'm James Waller. I'm Marissa Hoskins. And this is the Teaching It Real podcast. And on today's episode, we're talking about something that affects every teacher in every classroom, and that's classroom management. Yeah, so the background of why uh, we decided to choose this topic for today was we've been having a conversation about how our classroom management strategies have changed over time. And we want to talk a little bit about why that is and how they've changed and what the goals and objectives are of those classroom management strategies. Yeah, so uh, I guess I wanted to start at the very beginning. Um, My classroom management experience started when I was basically thrown out of the frying pan and into the fire uh, for my teaching practicum. And I think that's a, a big surprise, a shock um, to everybody. Absolutely. I was 22 years old when I was finishing my practicum, and I was dealing with 16-year-olds, so we were really close in age. Wow, yeah, it was six years apart. Yeah, so that was one of the biggest challenges I faced. So I was this blonde-haired, blue-eyed young teacher who didn't look much older than the kids, so it's really hard to establish any authority. Humble brag, humble brag. <laughs> hey, I still look young, I think. I'm almost 30 now, though. <laughs> Yeah, for me, um, I actually did my first teaching practicum in uh, Kingston, Jamaica. Uh, So I was working at a local school. uh, It's called Arden Extension High School. And uh, I was teaching a grade 8 class. And uh, I had no real experience with classroom management other than what I'd learned in my teacher's college classes. Uh, My first day of school, uh, two girls in the class got in a fist fight. Um, and another student threw a desk across the room and, uh, yeah, I was left with talk about baptism by fire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my strategy at that time, as most new teachers is, was to go with a, that's about enough, mister. I've had just about enough from you. And nobody listened to me. Um, (laughs) I tried sitting at the front in a chair with my arms folded, (laughs) scowl on the face. Um, and, (laughs) I learned very quickly uh, I was going to have to come in with a game plan. So what was the outcome with that story? Um, Well, I I broke up the fight. You'll be happy to know. Um, The kids uh, told me that that's something that happens there almost daily in the classroom and outside of the class. Um, The teacher, I was supposed to be working with a teacher in the classroom and uh, the the teacher left. (laughs) So so I was there on my own. Uh, Really, baptism by fire is a great way to put it. Um, So yeah, we we did get it sorted out that day. Um, But that was really what what taught me classroom management is a huge piece of what we do. And you can't go on to teaching effectively until you've got some sort of confidence in your classroom management. Yeah, and I think you had a really good point. So you're... um your thought first thought was to go in kind of hard-nosed, right? And I think that is the thing for new teachers is you kind of feel you need to be one or the other. You need to be the friend and you feel compelled to have the kids to really like you or you feel like you need to go in guns blazing and just, you know, completely strict and having really strong regulations. And I think that we would both agree that effective classroom management is somewhere in between those two. Um, And you also just brought up a really good point about, um, well, just sharing your experiences in Jamaica. So kids getting into a fist fight in the class, for the most part, I would probably say that would be almost unheard of at an international school in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So that's something that I would say really varies depending on where you are in the world. And we are very lucky in that sense that we've got students from 50 different nationalities here. But I would say from, you know, a a violence perspective, uh, what we're dealing with is quite low in comparison to some areas of the world. So we are very fortunate for that. 
Oh, yeah, very, very low violence perspective over here in Hong Kong. Yeah, so what would you say are some of the main behavioral issues that we do, uh, or behavioral, rather, issues that we deal with over here? Um, well, so for me, uh, the big thing is uh, creating an environment or a culture in the classroom where the students know my expectations and it's an environment that new students, because that's a huge problem here, is students that come and go from our classroom and change the dynamic. It's, a, it's an environment that students can come into and pick up on what's the accepted culture of the classroom. So our changing population and the way our classroom dynamics shift, um, at least when I was teaching elementary, I'm talking about grade one uh, to grade three students here, um, it really changed uh, the way the kids acted every single time. And we had, you know, sometimes three, four new students a month coming. Um, and I know that's high for a lot of other schools, but it was something that I found uh, I really needed to address. So for me, it's not so much about being, you know, so strict and so hard and don't smile till November, as you hear some people say. Um, for me, it was about uh, creating the environment and creating the culture. And that is a long, slow process of you know, revisiting your expectations, stopping behavior, making examples of both positive and negative behavior, um, and making sure that the students are on the same page as you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, what you said about creating a culture uh, that the kids are comfortable in is very key. And I think for classroom management in general, establishing relationships with your students, so creating a culture where they don't want to misbehave, and establishing clear routines of what is acceptable behavior in the classroom. And you talked about your experiences, your experiences as an elementary teacher. Um, mine is a little bit different because I've always taught secondary. But I would say definitely, um, regardless of the age of the student, students, there always needs to be a standard of behavior that you're setting in your class and that the kids need to know what is and what is not okay. Um, so some of the main things that I've encountered have been things like just students lacking motivation, particularly with teenagers, just being disengaged in their work, even when you're doing a fun activity on the surface. It's just, you know, teenagers can be hard-nosed and sometimes just the fact of having to do something makes them a little bit resistant. That, that's true of the younger ones as well. And, and engagement is something you don't often think about when it comes to behavior management definitely a challenge when it comes to teaching as uh, keeping your students engaged and making sure uh, that they're part of your educational program in the classroom. That is definitely classroom management. Yeah, and I think a big part of that for me, um, I, I really try to get to know my kids and I try to govern through relationships because for me, I want to create a culture in my classroom in which students don't want to misbehave and that's by establishing positive relationships amongst the students and positive relationships with me and for me, a big part of that is finding out my students' needs and wants and enjoyment. So one of the things that I do in the classroom is I send out a Google form at the beginning of the year, which is a questionnaire that the kids answer related to what they want to learn throughout the year, what are their interests, what are things they would like me to know, and I always make sure to respond to every student. So that has been a real um, a real savior for me in terms of classroom management because when you've established those relationships and the kids really know you care and feel you have a personal investment in them, then I do think that alleviates a lot of the potential issues. Yeah, and I completely disagree. I prefer <laughs> just sitting at the front of the class, arms crossed. Oh, I've seen him. With I've a seen scowl, him. It's true. <laughs> a scowl on the face saying, I've had just about enough. I've had 
I've had just about every enough. Every day, guys. Every day. <laughs> um, you were saying you read an article about uh, structure in the classroom and management in the classroom as it relates to project-based learning. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So just before I get into that, a background. Um, so James and I are both the ICT specialists, and we each teach high school technology courses, which are primarily project-based. And I think one of the um, I read this article for, by John Spencer. So in case you don't know him, you guys should check out his website. He's fantastic. He does a lot of amazing things with project-based learning in the classroom. And he recently posted this article on his blog about five myths about classroom management in a project-based learning environment. And I think one of one of the big myths he talks about in this article, and I think all of us who have engaged in some sort of project-based learning in the classroom, is that um, to be comfortable with a chaotic environment, and to a certain degree, that is true because project-based learning does not look like a traditional classroom. Kids no, are not at all. No, kids are constantly moving around. They're asking questions. They're, they're creating. They're collaborating. They're conversating. It's uh, they're up and about. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things, so he talks about this myth that classroom um, classrooms that are engaging in project-based learning have no structure, but actually, it's in fact that clear, set-in-place structures are what make effective classroom management for a project-based learning environment. For example, kids need to know what the processes are for going to get materials. They need to know how to create schedules. There needs to be certain expectations set in place. And that's something that even in an environment where kids, you know, we, we maybe have this misconception that creativity is stifled by structure. But in fact, st structure is conducive. Well, well thought out structures can be conducive and can lead to creativity. Definitely, yeah. Um, so we don't want to just tell you what our experiences are. I think that's valuable to hear, but we also want to hear from you. So we're going to be putting up a slow chat on Twitter to ask you to share some of your stories uh, about classroom management. They can be horror stories, like my <laughs> first day on the job, or they can be success stories, like Miss Hoskins and her uh, project-based learning outcomes. Uh, so please do check out our slow chat. The hashtag is Teaching It Real, and the questions will be up tomorrow, the day after this podcast uh, comes out. Uh, so let us know what you think. Let us know what works for you. Let us know what doesn't. Share your stories, and we want to hear from you as we're teaching it real. Absolutely, and I think this is, um, you know, we, we talk about this sometimes in passing, but I don't think we really dive deep enough into this idea of classroom management. Yeah, definitely. So make sure uh, you give us uh, a like, uh, subscribe, and give us a review if you can, because as I mentioned before, we're a new podcast, and we appreciate your feedback. Thanks for listening. Keep teaching it real.